Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Next to me is Matt Harmon. Away from us is not producer Brett, a.k.a. Dad. He's in Mexico. Probably, I don't know. What do you think Brett does on vacation? Definitely some all-you-can-eat ceviche situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right? what he's <laughs> on the shore of some Mexican beach somewhere just... In Cabo. Living it, yeah, living it up. With, like, the colored zinc oxide on his nose. <laughs> For sure. Like, just, like... What type of sunglasses do you think Brett wears? Is he an aviators guy? No, no. He, I think he's, like, a Ray-Ban guy because he's like, oh, the kids wear Ray-Bans. My glass... My, my glasses. I know. Are so are mine. Um, I see. I don't think he. I don't think. I don't think that's what he does. I think he's definitely definitely an aviators guy because I feel like aviators right now are either really old men like Joe Biden is still pulling off the aviators. Oh, Joe, Joe, I got some notes. Uh, yeah, he's still pulling off the aviators. But then the only other people, like I think it's almost become like a female thing now. Like women wear aviators and look good, but I don't see a lot of like younger men wearing aviators anymore. Hmm. So right. that's my theory on that. Something to keep an eye on this summer. But in, instead of Brett, we got our super cool, sexy aunt, Whoa. Lindsay Fulton. Take the compliment, lady. Thanks. You're and welcome. I can confirm that Brett is a Ray-Ban guy. Ah. He wears the Wayfarers. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes some sense. I had a feeling. In fact, he even wears them indoors sometimes. Interesting. Well, the sun never sets on a badass. Um, so- or a bad ass. Peach season. It's peach season. All right. I, I did. I did my squats on um, Wednesday night before we went to E3 because, uh, I guess for whatever reason, I needed Wednesday my. Night? I needed, yeah. I yeah. Listen, I could. Go, I'll, I'll explain to you off air why I had to work out at night and why I'm annoyed about it. But nevertheless, did my squats because I guess I needed my ass looking right for all the uh, potential <laughs> potential options there at E3. You want to talk about going to E3? We went to E3 Wednesday morning. No, we went, oh, damn, I'm sorry. I, Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday night. I don't know what day it is. Today is Thursday. Matt is enjoying his release from route prison. You should just see the text he's getting. I'm not getting any texts. I've been texting on your phone for like the past hour. We're trying to build an outline for this show. And, and we did like build an outline. Texting. We did build an outline. We did, uh, and it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great Lindsay show. And Lindsay is going to produce the hell out of it. And I'm not going to even swear that much because I want to savor the work of having to edit out those... Uh, Edit in those bleeps, rather. Lindsay. Wait, you guys edit out your bleeps? Well, Liz says the F word a lot. Told you she was a cool aunt. Can we smoke in here? Yeah. 
Do All right, it. cool. Do whatever you guys want. We should have had a beer for this. Actually, at the office this morning, they had a lot of mimosas for yeah. Build It. I started my day with like three mimosas at work, and it was a lot of. So I did Build It in November, and then at like a couple of other big events since then, but this was Matt's first foray into Build It, so he's um feeling himself a little bit right now. That's not accurate, but do you want to talk about E3 yesterday? What did? It, how did you feel about it? I felt great. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I. Liz did big. <laughs> Liz did big deal corpo stuff. She came in uh really talk about talk about feeling themselves. <laughs> um I interviewed Chad Ochocinco Johnson and Voiboy, who is a League of Legends gamer from back in the day, to announce the Verizon NFL Mobile Gaming Challenge for 5G, which allows developers a chance to get their hands on some of that 5G. A winner will win $400,000 to have their game actually built and then debut at Super Bowl 54 events in Miami. So that was an exciting, I moderated the panel and then we got to go to the Verizon booth and play with some 5G video games. I beat Chad one out of the three times we played, which was interesting. He was a great um, interview, fascinating human, really enjoyed working with him. This is the second time you've worked with him, right? Because he was on mostly football yeah. ones during the season. That's yeah. right. That's right. Thank you I, for remembering. I didn't want to say this because it's a lame as hell thing to say, but I think Chad Johnson was either my first or second fantasy draft pick ever. Um, yeah, I, the first team I drafted when I started about playing, right, yeah. when I started playing fantasy, like it was one of it was after one of his great years on the Bengals, but he wasn't that great the year I drafted him. But it was, and also I think my first pick was it, I can't remember if I went. Was him. that when he hurt himself in the preseason? Yeah. and then had yeah. a slow start. But I think like there was a game against the Chargers that he like balled out. On. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he obviously had his moments, but it was it was that year that I drafted like Marvin Harrison, and he that was his fall off year. That was just a strange team because. I went, I went Marvin Harrison and, and um, Chad Johnson like either back-to-back, and then I drafted Drew Brees super early, but ended up starting Tony Romo most of the year. Mm. And Joey Galloway ended up being like a big part of my team. And Jamal Lewis, the one weird year he had with the Browns. No one cares about this. Why am I talking about this? Anyways, so we had a good time at E3. Long story short. We did other stuff too. Matt fell. <laughs> I fell off of a <laughs> rock climbing situation. was not a graceful moment for me. <laughs> Look, let me tell and and honestly it was it was one of those things where I climbed up the little, the rock climbing thing. I was like that was super easy. And my esteemed producer uh Ravi, I was like, "Dude, you rock climb like a lot. How do I I've never done it. How do I get down?" He's like, "Oh, just kick off the wall." I mean, he could have shockingly That's what you did. shockingly That's what you did. Ravi could have been a little bit more detailed, a little more detailed and process oriented cuz just kicking off the wall sends you straight down. You got to really come kick and come back and all this. But anyways, it's all gonna, it won't be on my Instagram story by the time this gets published, but it was up there for a while. I saw it. I laughed at it. Oh yeah, it was I worth rarely react at. to your stories, but that one elicited No extra. doubt. No um doubt. we played each other in a Call of Duty game. We were on the same team. God, I keep saying that. Well, it was hard you was hard to tell which team you were fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> but the video will be out, so check it. I check it out on I think our Yahoo Sports YouTube channel. Guys, I do a lot of channel. screeching, so turn the volume down. I admit it. I apologize in advance. I think Gustav and Jess will take care of the uh, the, vault, I love the levels. Gustav and Jess. Yeah, they're I both Gustav. Really, he just won me over yesterday. Yeah, they're wonderful. Um, you know who people don't think is wonderful right now? <laughs> who? Baker Mayfield. People, the people are upset at at Baker. I had a friend. I say in our my group chat today. Baker is Baker Mayfield a cop? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh boy, let's talk about it." That so that's a big take. Uh, NFL.com's Mike Silver uh, broke the news on this one 
quite broke the news. I don't know. We this happened last week that you know he made a comment about Duke Johnson and Duke um, Johnson was unhappy with his he position on the team. He wants to be traded. Blah blah, and um, Duke said, or I'm sorry, uh, Baker said, like, listen, you're either all in or you're not. Like, figure it out. If you want to be here, then we want him here, and if he doesn't want to be here, we don't have time for that ish. Was a paraphrased version of yeah. what he said. Um, and Freddie Kitchens, who I think as a rookie head coach is taking a firm stance and he's setting a boundary and he's maybe making an example of Duke Johnson saying like, you're going to like playing football here. You're not. And if you don't, we don't need you. GFY. Um, So apparently, according to Mike Silver, other teammates in the locker room were unhappy with Baker for siding with the front office. Registered their displeasure. Was was Silver's was the quote? Quote. I don't know. I mean, Baker definitely. I think Baker and Freddie Kitchens are both like brutally honest. You know what I mean? So there's that. Um, there's a lot of there's a lack of a filter there. Mayfield, I think maybe as he gets older, will like realize who cares. Like, don't comment on this stuff. It doesn't matter. And like, maybe don't get in Twitter fights with Colin Cowherd at this point. No, anymore, get in those Twitter fights. Like, I don't know. It's like not cute to me anymore. It's just like, who cares? What does it matter? Colin Cowherd was like not worth your time. Maybe. I mean, I, I also feel like you have a valid point, but we are in a space and time where we're consistently rolling our eyes at people's inauth- inauthenticity. Yep, we sure. look at Peyton Manning and we're like, you're a mannequin. You just, you know, talked about Bud Light and Papa John's three breaths after winning a Super Bowl. Like, it's all <laughs> still, fake, still right? so amazing. We get after Tom Brady for being a robot. We Russell get after Wilson Russell Wilson because he's dead behind he's the eyes. Yeah. Dead behind the eyes. Uh, he is. I interviewed him like one of my first ever interviews. That's a, anyway. But I find it so refreshing to not just have a pro athlete in a league that prides itself on anonymity and mm-hmm. being hiding behind the shield, but actually having a human who will tell you what they are thinking. Like, I don't know, we navigate our way through life like second guessing and watching social media and making assumptions. And like the fact that Baker's like, yo, this is how I feel and he's not afraid to do that, I find incredibly refreshing and I'm all for it. And now, you know what? Like, you may not like somebody or you may not like what they have to say, but at least you know where you stand. And that is rare. I guess this is the danger of being authentic is that sometimes, like, most of the things that Baker says and does, I'm totally, I'm here for because I agree with you about your point about people being inauthentic and, yeah, just the boring nature of mostly NFL quarterbacks. And it is refreshing. I enjoy, I enjoy, like I said, 95% of what he says, but then something like this comes out and I'm like, this is the danger of being authentic is that sometimes you put yourself out there and people aren't always going to like what you put out there. But so is your worth based on other people's liking no, of you? Like no. how many double taps you get on IG or no. is your worth based on just speaking your truth and knowing that you're not going to, you know, hit a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, this is just the reality of, of putting yourself out there like I said it doesn't it doesn't have to matter to Baker Mayfield I'm sure he doesn't give a shit what I think about him or what other people but think that about makes him. me like him more it's, and good but so do we want to spin this to some sort of like actual football take because there is another Browns uh note that we wanted to discuss which is uh, you pointed out to me today I hadn't even seen this that apparently Todd Munkin is not impressing as the Browns offensive coordinator and you brought up to me oh right hey is thanks for teeing me up and then me forgetting <laughs> no problem yeah that's what i'm here for i'm here to to catch you when you fall Liz. Thanks, and um i think that it's wor- it was worth you asking to me 
are we just buying all of these players, these Browns players, at their peak value while not giving enough credit to the idea that, hey, there's a lot of moving parts here that we just expect to gel? And they're untested. Right. So we think Monkin and what he we saw what he did in Tampa Bay and elevating that offense, which had a one of, I don't know, the best quartet of receivers in the league last year in 2018. And so we're trying to make a, a comp to what's possible in Cleveland, but we're forgetting the word possible. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that makes sense. Um I have been in on the Browns. I mean, right away, just well, on, who doesn't? We all want to be in. Yeah, I mean, on like I said, I said this when they traded for Odell. Like on paper, this has the chance to be not just a top five offense, but the best offense in the NFL, just talent wise. And I think it's become more intriguing. I've seen more people make this point that maybe the Browns, you know, beyond Beckham and Nick Chubb, when he's alone without Kareem Hunt as the starter, I think those are two guys you're going to lock in every week. And maybe it all does intersect at ba- Baker Mayfield, but. I think there's a chance that guys like Landry, you know, guys like Antonio Callaway, guys like Rashad Higgins, guys like David Njoku, all these guys I think are good. And outside of Landry, those three other guys are ascending players. And Duke Johnson, we're talking about him. He will command some level of touches. I think if this offense does hit, there's a chance that it hits in a way that all of these ancillary pieces, it's going to be, how do you diagnose the matchup? that is upcoming like this defense that they're playing is this more of you know their fourth cornerback a guy like Rashad Higgins who's savvy can can take advantage of him they're you know their secondary do they get beat by deep passes then maybe it's Antonio Callaway's week or are they vulnerable up the middle maybe David Njoku pops on that week of the match I mean that's this is what we do in fantasy. It comes down to these week-to-week decisions and I think there's more if this Browns offense hits and again you're right to say if it hits there I think there's more there's more guessing work week to week than I think most people are counting. I think absolutely. And I also feel like that might work well for the Browns in the NFL, but that may not necessarily work for fantasy. And so the jump is not always an equal one. And also there are big question marks around this offensive line. They traded Kevin Zeitler. That's a massive hole that's missing. They're moving around Eric Cush from Hard Knocks fame, trying to figure out where the hell he belongs. I mean, they've got Greg Robinson still at left tackle. Yeah, and you've got Joel Butteroni, a favorite. Batonio. Sure. That's my nickname for him. <laughs> oh, wow. I always I like Joe Batonio. Like, Treader, Batonio, good players. Austin Corbett, they haven't figured out if he's good or not. So, again, there's Whole. a question mark, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. I, I think that, that that is a question worth asking. Do you know, as, as we're talking about this, where I think the take here, or my takeaway from this, is like there's no way I'm drafting Jarvis Landry in like the sixth oh, round as a no. wide receiver, twenty six price tag. Like I was on a not pod- even in one point BPR. Yeah, folks. I-, I was on a podcast, I think the Hot Take Podcast, which is a nice name for a show, and they- we were doing like a wide receiver two, you know, rundown, like guys that are thirteen to twenty four, and they were saying like, okay, you know, Jarvis Landry or Chris Godwin, Chris, Chris Godwin. Godwin, or Jarvis Landry or. Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry or Allen Robinson, not Jarvis Landry. Basically, like everything that it was coming down to is like there are just so many guys. Like I'll rattle off guys just on fantasy football calculator right now. They're going after Jarvis Landry. I'd rather have Alshon Jeffrey. I think I'd rather have Tyler Boyd. I think I'd rather have DJ Moore. I think I'd rather have Robbie Anderson. I think I'd rather have Will Fuller. I don't believe you about Robbie Anderson. I I believe me. Why? You don't like Robbie Anderson? I do like Robbie Anderson, but you don't. I then like, you, no, then, no, no, I then, like Robbie Anderson. I've heard you throw him under the bus a couple times. But if that if that is true, knowing 
or, or feeling the way I think you feel about Robbie Anderson and then you like him more than Jarvis Landry, that is very telling of your feelings about Landry's. And Will Fuller, Christian Kirk. Then you get to like Sterling Shepard and that's where it's like, ah, Shepard, Jarvis Landry. Mm. It's a question to have there. So, But that's almost 10 spots positionally after where he's going. So basically the take is here, no matter what happens, at least on my end, no matter what happens, whether it's this offense doesn't meet expectations because these personalities don't all gel, these skill sets don't all gel, or it takes time at least for this offense Evolution to come into does form. Take time. Or it goes the other way and it all hits and it's more spread out. I think the one player that gets banged in this is Landry. I like it. You know who might get banged as well? Who? Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick. Yeah. Theo Riddick, I feel like, is the NFL's cockroach because he's just always around, you know? Like, he doesn't really go, he doesn't really die. You know, he's now into this will be year two of the Matt Patricia experience. Mm-hmm. He's been through several offensive coordinators there. You know, I just feel like he's a guy that's never going to go away. And it's just, but, but that, <laughs> but that might not be the case. You know, well, you got to pencil him in for 40 catches, 40 meaningless catches every year. But isn't it interesting though, like for a running back without a, with far from an every down skill set? His most valuable tool is being used as a receiver. Yeah. And that's why he won't go away? Well, because it's just – and also, I think he was such a great fit in that Jim Bob Cooter offense that it was like – Sure. God, it's funny that we – like, Matthew Stafford has had such a, a weird career that I don't care about. No one really cares about, to be honest. But, like, I mean, Lions fans, sure, whatever. But he's had such an interesting career that it feels like 100 years ago that him and Jim Bob Cooter were, like, this ascending tandem when really all it was was Jim was like, hey, hey – you need to check the damn ball, like check, check the ball it down, down, check it, it down. down, and Diorrhytic became such a big part of that. But he's in the news this week, and uh, what's what's this going on? This is the on? final year of his contract, but he's on the roster bubble. He's heading into his age twenty eight season, um, and if he were to be released, uh, it would free up three point six million in cap space for the Lions. I mean, it makes sense, right? And this is also in conjunction with another. Uh, news line that carry on Johnson of uh, the Detroit free B- press predicted that he will catch at least 60 passes in 20. So that means like close to four catches a week on yeah. average, which is a very nice boost to his floor. And I feel like we've talked a lot about some of these early round running backs uh, on the last couple of weeks, but with a guy like carry on Johnson, who's going right now, you know, running back 21 ish range, there are a lot of appealing players there um, in that fourth round type of range, carry on Johnson, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, David Montgomery, then you get into like the fifth round. If he's catching 60 passes, I think he takes a tier jump up to the Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Freeman, Derrick Henry group of guys. I think absolutely. And I think the only reason he is being downgraded is because people are worried about the offensive line. Um, and people are worried about his durability since he and his pad level, which creates more space for injury. And he did get hurt last year, but it has been very obvious. I mean, the the what are they called? The Lions. I keep wanting to call them the, the Patriots. Lions. The Lions are Patriots Midwest. <laughs> right. The Lions during OTAs were throwing out uh, running backs and three tight end sets. Yeah. Like you guys, I think I know what they're gonna do. They want. They have <laughs> been. They have been screaming at us for two years. That they want to be a run first team. I mean, they even said it as much. This, I think they actually said we want to be a run first team or we want to be a run oriented team. Now, I think I think the big fear with Carryon Johnson actually has to do with him getting Amir Abdullah. Like before, Amir Abdullah just kind of fell off the face of the earth. 
he was stuck in like the stone worst role for a running back in fantasy, which is he didn't catch passes and he didn't get goal line touches. And I think that the fear is that. Yeah, but Amir Abdullah was a ping pong ball. Like, right. there, there's there's no comp here. I'm I'm just giving you, I think, the role that I think people might imagine for him, which is if he loses passing down work to Theo Riddick, woof. He might lose goal line work to C.J. Anderson. I'm playing devil's advocate sure. here a little bit because I don't really. But, but there's a scenario where neither of those things happen, and he becomes a feature back for a team that clearly wants to run the ball. A lot. But when we talk about other offenses, and we talk about Jordan Howard, right? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Jordan Howard ad nauseum and how he makes the ba- or he made the Bears' offense more predictable. When you have Carryon Johnson, like yes, I suppose he could cede touches to those other players. Now, if Theo Riddick obviously gets cut, then that's a different story. But. Um, he makes the Lions offense less predictable. And when the Lions are, to quote you, screaming, absolutely right, that they're going to be a run first team, then that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice option to have. Mm-hmm. I agree. So bump them up, folks. ESPN's Rob Domofsky reports that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is probably the number two receiver in Green Bay. And I know we both saw this as we were prepping like pros for this pod five minutes ago. Well, you made a really good point <laughs> because you said that you've noticed people really drafting Geronimo Allison, leaning into that a huge amount. And so if MVS is the number two behind Devontae Adams, because obviously the, this is a foregone conclusion, Aaron Rodgers even said himself that he can't wait to continue to just throw to Devontae Adams. Um, said then, he wants to throw him more after he was like number two in the league in targets yeah. last year. Thank you. So... If MVS is the number two, then everyone who is following last year's trend of Geronimo Allison as the number two, maybe you're going to get banged. Or also, maybe it could be both. And they eat each other's value. Could eat each other's value. I think it's worth taking late round shots on, I think I just drafted Equinemius St. Brown, even though he might get phased out. Um, you know, but it's, it's a long off season, folks. Like, he could be a guy that eventually emerges but i drafted him in like the 21st round of this never-ending draft that we're in together um mvs mvs you know is a guy that you can take in the double digit rounds um you know there's been some pop about jake kumaro um and then but geronimo allison's the one that i think people were intrigued about a while ago because it's funny like i saw other analysts rank him in like their top 30 i saw like top 30 receivers i saw um, for the fantasy footballers, for a reception perception, which we talked about last week, like that was a guy that was in their top forty receivers for me to chart. And by the way, going back and charting like his five games that he was healthy, I mean, yeah, he was productive, but he also wasn't like that good of a player. And maybe he's a guy like narrative wise that um, Aaron Rodgers trusts. I don't know, but I just wouldn't be drafting Geronimo Allison any earlier than like the eleventh, thirteenth round in best ball right now because. He could easily, easily get phased out for a guy like MVS, who I think showed pretty well last year. But I think all of this guessing is not based on the fact, as it should be, that the Packers are expected to have a high-octane offense and that you want to attach yourself to players in the best offense as possible. But they're attached to a Bleacher Report article expose on Aaron Rodgers, which was an excellent piece and I continue to reference and have read more than one time for sure, but... It's not based on X's and O's. And listen, I love playing. Um, I what was that? I listen. I love playing. Um, Armchair psychologist. Thank. I was gonna say sofa psychologist. Sofa psychologist. Sofa psychologist. Our sofa's not here today. Um, 
listen, I love playing armchair psychologist, but enough is enough, right? Like the reason Kumaro is getting pop right now is because Aaron Rodgers raved about him and said, quote, I'm a big fan. That was a day ago. Cool. You just said it is a long offseason. That is still very much true. Uh, didn't he also love Jared Aberderis? Right, yep. like, where's he's, that dude's fantasy bad. legacy? He right, was bad, yeah. He, uh, fantasy hashtag fantasy dad. Like, <laughs> he he was great at filling um, a niche for media outlets to create content, but not for production on the field. Right. And we need to remember that those things are happening right now, even as members of the media who are supposed to be doing that. Like, it's a call to to pragmatism here. Like. Let's just see who he likes to throw to. Let's see how this shakes out. And again, that answer may not be the same week in and week out. Yeah, my good friend Sigmund Bloom, who I talked about a couple times recently, he writes a, he wrote a piece in the offseason called the All Clean Slate Team. You know, like guys that just heading into 2019 get a total clean slate from what we know about them before. And a lot of them are Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. I think because of just that Bleacher Report article and how things were going and how things particularly ended in the Mike McCarthy era that a lot of these guys get a clean slate. And I think that trickles down to some of these ancillary pieces. You know, let's not hold it against Marquez Valdez-Scantling that reportedly Aaron Rodgers didn't like him or whatever and, like, phased him out. But the like, thing that MVS did differently that Equinemius St. Brown didn't do was shut up. Yeah. And so – even as I'm saying, like, eh, it was a great article. Like, ooh, ESB makes me a little bit nervous given his um, personality. Fair enough. Um, I, I think it's also just one – it's interesting to set the expectations for this Packers offense too because you say, like, yeah, they're a high-octane offense. Sure. Where do you see them in terms of – They got to play the Bears defense twice a week, even if that defense is set to twice regress. Twice a year, hopefully. Twice a year. <laughs> What did I say? <laughs> you said twice a week. I'm like, that's a lot to ask. Um, yeah, they, and the Vikings defense, I think, sure. can be really good. Um, and there's Detroit. Uh, they got Trey Flowers. I don't know. Um, also, they're learning a new. Like everybody's learning a new offense. Is the, there? There are a lot more. While there could be a, it is a sun, young team. While there could be a sunshiny ending for the Green Bay Packers, there are a lot of questions here. Why we sit? While we sit in Aaron Rodgers' prime. Yeah. And it may not always, uh, it, again, evolution takes time. So this may be an answer in, like, November. Boom. So, ma'am. I will kill you. Ma'am? No, I meant we want to talk oh. <laughs> Quick note, at E3 yesterday. So the next segment is in honor of producer Brett, who Matt and I have affectionately called a ma'am. Yes. On He's, previous episodes. Yes. So, I mean, I, t- I told the ma'am story on here about the first time i made a mistake calling you ma'am right i told about that on the podcast mm-hmm. right so then but since then liz and i have all these years later reconciled uh our differences. i still can't believe the picture from that night i didn't even know it existed until yeah. a couple of days ago i had forgotten about it too um now we have obviously since started to decide that a ma'am is not just necessarily a a female Correct. Ma'am is an ethos. Is an ethos. It's a it's an a, essence. An essence, a type of personality. Certain quirks constitute somebody being a ma'am. Mm-hmm. We have recently come to that. And Brett, we love Brett, but he falls into oh, he's that a category. He's a for sure. So we I love how to... on the outline he says fantasy ma'ams and then in parentheses, to be honest, I don't even know what this means. 
It well, was his parting gift to us. Don't worry, Brett. We're about to school you. Side note, at E3 yesterday, as I was getting mic'd up, um, I was talking oh, to boy. the stage manager, and the sound guy just quietly, like, he was like, excuse me, ma'am, can you lift your hair up so I can? And I was like, you can do whatever you want to me as long as you never call me ma'am again. And then everybody, like, Been there, buddy. <laughs> been, been there, buddy. <laughs> um, so, anyway. Let's talk mams. Um, how do we how do we want to do this? I, I you know what? I'm just going to start with who I believe is the NFL's biggest mam, and that's Russell Wilson. Do we want to just give a little more context as to what like what a, what a mam is? Or we? I just feel like you do. I I think so. What we mean is someone that is you know polite to a fault, a little milk toast, not all that interesting. Maybe tries really hard. Tries to be. really hard. To yeah. be, yes. Okay. That is it. Like, tries very hard to be current and cool, but like. A lot of eye roll moments follow the ma'am, I think. From other people. From other people. Observing yes, the yes, ma'am. Yes. And I think some of the players that we're going to talk about here will show you why that makes well, sense. Well, I've already introed the player. Russell Wilson is the NFL's ma'am in chief. <laughs> Mam in chief, <laughs> he is the mam in chief. Um, I, I mean, the like, I have a sexy wife and we like to bang a lot. Get the f out of here, GFY. You first of all, what about the what about the selfie video when he signed his contract? That's and, what I and, mean. And, and his deep voice. Now it's time to go to bed. Gross. Yeah. Just gross. <laughs> the worst. The wor- and, and the like video of like, oh, I love the one he like went to one of his daughter's like dance things and everyone's like, he's father of the year. G-F-Y. Boom. You don't get to go to one thing and like shimmy your hips like you're literally copying Channing Tatum because this is what you think is cool. That's it. He thinks is cool. And there's an inauthenticity, anti, the anti- Anti-authentic, Yes. Um, I mean, th- this is the go-to whenever we say, like, oh, hey, um, we want more authentic players. It's like we want the anti-Russell Wilson. Correct. That's basically what we're at. Go Hawks, by the way. So, <laughs> that was excellent. Russell Wilson wants to play until he's 45. Most mamish headline ever. Yeah. Does that make Tom Brady a man? Because he's, like... Tom Brady's a robot. Different, different yeah, category. True. Not even one of us. No. Do, what do you do? You think what are the odds that he actually runs his Twitter account? Nil, zero. Cool. Okay, because it's kind of good sometimes. Yeah, but he doesn't Which, have time to run. We honest. barely have time to run our like social. Well, I barely have time to run my social. I have a whole team working on I all know of my you accounts. Do. All of my accounts are being operated by interns and various authoritative figures. So when Russell Wilson is mamming himself up, uh. Who, who are the other mams that we need to discuss? I mean, Andy Dalton loves Zach Taylor. I kind of disagree with you on this one. Really? You think Andy Dalton's not a mam? He's got nice hair for a mam. I think nice hair is a mam quality. I feel <laughs> attacked, attacked right now. This is, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I a mam? No, no. Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Wait a second. Am I on ma'am trajectory? Do you see that in my future? I don't know. <sighs> to be determined. I don't know. Holy hell, this is the this is the, the, the most difficult moment of the podcast to, to, <laughs> to get through. I don't think so. Okay. Mostly because you're um you're too broken to be a ma'am. 
If that, but I mean that in a nice way. You're too complicated to be a man. Let's You're too complicated to be a man. That's a nice okay. thing. Okay. There's. I, I like complicated better than broken. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. Um. Not broken. Not broken. Not broken. Not broken at all. Complicated. Complicated is better. In in intricate. Sure. Detailed. Yes. Uh, you're too interesting to be a man. I didn't want to say it for myself. Back to Andy Dalton. That there was a man. <laughs> that you manned it at the end. See, that's why it's questionable. Back to Andy Dalton. Loves Zach Taylor. Cool. He does. Like that's just maybe that's more of a ma'am headline. Like, of course, Andy Dalton loves Zach Taylor. They're the same age. What yeah. do they do? They go bowling together? They drink brewskis? Yeah, I take it back. Andy Dalton, 100% a man. All right. Also a guy like not interesting, not detailed, not intricate. He is what he is. He's the ultimate is what he is player in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, We've you're talked right. about that. Other yeah. people have to drag him into production. He is not forcing things. So, Mamish, um, we talked earlier about the Browns and how there was question marks about whether or not this experiment would fail, succeed, or just, you know, end up in eight and eight neutral situation, Baker Mayfield, who we've already called the anti-mam, is being drafted ahead in fantasy drafts, uh, ahead of fantasy mams like Matt Ryan, Drew Drew Brees, Brees. Kirk Cousins, Superman, Derek Carr. I mean, those, the fact that- You don't want to say the last name on the sheet there? That's fine. We don't have to. I'm going to let you get away with not saying it. All right. Leave that one for the listeners to see who we who who is the man that we are discussing among quarterbacks. I don't think this person's a man. Anyways, but yeah, these are the ultimate mams. So, but I think I think here's here's look, no one's going to The reason Baker Mayfield is getting drafted ahead of them is because he's so not a mam. And I think that there's a ceiling a, to floor. There, Mams are yes, all floor. There this is the divergence um <laughs> It, there's a divergence here between like ma'am drafters versus non ma'am drafters. Mm-hmm. Like the the ma'am drafters, they you know it's like the it's the old epitome of like people that have sex with two condoms on. Like you're being extra safe. You know what I mean? Can Nobody I say that? does that. Nobody does that. It's, but it's can I say that on the podcast? Yeah, you have people that have sex with two condoms on. Like it's a obviously no one. Re- I mean, I hope no one really does that. Don't, don't, do, don't that. do that, guys. Don't do don't that. Don't do that. Um, but it's, you know, the, like drafting extra safe. Nine like, months from now, people are going to be like, meet my son. How did this happen? <laughs> I put two on. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought Matt that would, Harmon told I me thought I that should, would, uh, I thought that would double my percentage. Double glove this. <laughs> no, I said, don't do it. Oh my now, God. Now, point being, th- those are like the, the people. Ma'am that, intercourse is now in my brain and I'm just, I'm reeling a little bit. Oh, I mean, there's a lot to talk about that, but we'll save that for the sex podcast. Um, as for this podcast, save the cigarettes for that one too. Save the, for the cigarettes for the sex podcast. Don't smoke kids and don't don't use two condoms at once. Um, back to this point that I'm trying to make here: the two condom drafting, the ma'am drafting. That's like the guys who take Fred Jackson every year because you can pencil them in like decent production, whatever. You know, Robert Woods uh, is a ma'am draft pick. You know, you know what you're getting. There's no upside there. You're correct. And with these guys. <laughs> Matt Ryan, but I do think Matt Ryan is a really good value because sometimes the ma'am goes all the way the other direction. Basically, if you have been a Banana Republic um, spokesmodel, then you are probably a ma'am. Jared Goff right now, uh, a Banana Republic model. Matt Ryan last year, objectively speaking, though, Matt Ryan filled out those chinos better than anybody I know who wears Banana Republic chinos. Chinos a thing? I don't know. Chinos are a thing. Okay, and um. So I think 
the disrespect, like now Matt Ryan is such a man that people are forgetting he was the number two most productive fantasy quarterback last yeah. year. And this offense could be ascending. Correct. And their defense has so many questions still, still a problem. Yeah. that he may have to pass a ton. So the fact that Baker, because he's got all this swag, this anti-mam-ish about him, is, I think, what's propelling his value and depressing Matt Ryan. And to go back to the like Browns point at large, yes, I think there's a great ceiling for Baker Mayfield, which is why the anti-mam drafter you know, is taking him as QB5 or whatever. But... I think there's also a really realistic scenario where if the Browns are really good, if this experiment really works out, that they're more of a run-heavy team than most mm-hmm. people think. And remember, late in the season, they're going to have two top 15 running backs in the NFL in Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb back there. They'll have a lot of incentive to run the ball, especially if they're winning games, if their defense takes a step forward. There are a lot of scenarios where the Browns just aren't a very pass-heavy team, and you're going to have to be relying on hyper-efficiency, which with these weapons is certainly possible but that is how the there's a bit you have to be a bit of a bounce you know like you can't just be a ma'am all the time you can't just be no. a swagged out baker no. mayfield all the time you have to have some sort of balance and that is where the ma'am draft or the anti-ma'am drafter can get themselves back. what do you think is the perfect in between cam newton sure who I- is who I think Cam Newton can be a little bit of a ma'am sometimes, but is also like by the most by most accounts. I, th- I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers, this Aaron Rodgers, current Aaron Rodgers, is a nice in between too. I don't think he's a ma'am. You're going to disagree. No, 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 no. I did. But how about one that we did kind of disagree on? Deshaun Watson. No, Carson Wentz. Right. So Wentz, I think, I has, think he has a ma'am potential, but he is not a ma'am right now. No, and I because right now. There's a lot of upside, I think, with Wentz as you know, QB nine, QB ten mm-hmm. in most drafts, but great supporting cast. You know, if the ma'am is going to go out on the town and really let loose, he's got a good crew to go do it with. You know, like really, if they're going to, but a crew that's going to keep him safe. Crew's right. not going to like get no, him yeah, in trouble. Like, like yeah, Carson Wentz can go out there and woo after three tequila shots, but uh, you know, he's he's got his crew to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Like he can let loose, you know, and Deshaun Jackson's going to do his thing Alshon Jeffrey got two great safety nets at tight end Dallas Goddard's getting some pop out of the Philly and Zach Ertz obviously is great so there's a lot of potential for Wentz to swing both ways let's finish this up just with a little let's I'm gonna list running backs and wide receivers we're gonna go quickly go through these and then we say whether or not they're a ma'am or not and if there's any football relevant stuff we'll add it sound good we'll debate can we have a little ma'am debate yeah let's have a ma'am debate and I just want to say in the middle of this segment I think we are crushing the ma'am segment. I was not sure how this was going to go, but I think this has gone very well. So Ezekiel Elliott, not a ma'am. No. Saquon Barkley. Kind of a ma'am. Kind of a ma'am. I mean, when he comes out and says, people don't like Daniel Jones right now, but how about when he wins two Super Bowls? Such a ma'am move. Yeah, ma'am, calm down. Also, you're part of a super ma'am offense. Oh, the the like mammoth. Your offense. job is to catch all of the mam checkdowns. <laughs> so between though, between the two mam checkdown receivers, right? And the mam checkdown tight end. Saquon, you're kind of a mam. You're a stud. But right now, today, you can you can unmam yourself. That is a possibility. Do we think Daniel Jones unmams the Giants' offense? Because in a way, but like, so. The ma'am, you know, is the person who we know what we're going to get from them. You know, corny jokes, playing it safe. Like when we make outrageous comments, 
in the podcast, Brett like gets a little gets oh a, a little bit into a tizzy, you know, whatever. Yeah, the oh my god. Um, that is the ma'am. So that's the Eli Manning version of the Giants offense. The Daniel Jones version of the Giants offense could be that one friend that it's just like when they walk in the room, it's like, oh boy, I don't know what we're gonna get out of this experience. Like, and le- legitimately, anything could happen. I'd, I'm not that worried about it. Oh, it's not. Well, I think I think there's just a lot of a big range you there. Do? I yeah. think there's a big range there. Probably like ten percent that it's the oh god greatest night of our life. I'm so glad we went out. And ninety percent it's like I, I can't believe any of that happened last night. I'm never drinking again. I think probably the ninety percent is what I would lean towards. That's why it's ninety percent. Okay, um, Alvin Kamara, not a man. CMC, not a man. David no. Johnson, no, not a man. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon switched his jersey number to 25 after being 28 for... That's kind of a bold move. Yeah, so not a ma'am. Love Bell, not a ma'am. James Conner, not a ma'am. Who could be a ma'am here? Who? Let's go. Uh, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette. Marlon Mack's a little bit of a ma'am. There's a lot around Marlon Mack that needs to work in order for him to be his best self. Hmm. No, okay. I don't see that one. What about Sony Michelle? I don't think you can. I mean, I think a lot of the issues of Sony Michelle have to do with his knee, and I don't think you can ma'am that. Okay, I don't want to ma'am a knee. Um, carry on. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, Darius Geis. No, not a ma'am. Not a ma'am. I think he's kind of a ma'am. No, not. A Why ma'am. not? His running style is way too angry to be like a ma'am. Yeah, but okay, fine. I mean, Trent Williams being I was upset say he's is kind of corny, but I don't know about that one. Um, Lamar Miller, there's your ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's a ma'am. Super ma'am. That's a total ma'am. Two condom draft pick. Mark <laughs> Lamar Miller, Houston Texans running back. Take that in the sixth round or seventh round. Extra safe. Extra safe. Anybody else here? Or should we just end where we actually agree? End where we actually agree. All right, wide receivers. Here we go. Um, this is a fun position to think about, you know, ma'ams Well, you ma'ams. have charted a lot of these, so I feel like you have a more, like you have definitely seen the second condom go on here. Oh, we how, it's an entire position group. What about the Rams wide receivers? I said Robert Woods is a total Brandon ma'am. Cooks is not a ma'am. Brandon Cooks not a ma'am. Brandon Cooks but is. But Cooper Cup. Super ma'am. Ultimate ma'am. Super ma'am. Ultimate ma'am. I mean, Jared Goff, if you're going to call him ma'am, it's because he loves to throw to Cooper Cup so much, and it's like the safest throw to any wide receiver ever. Robert Wood's like kind of a kind of a ma'am draft pick, too. I would say that, except Robert Woods out unmammed himself last year because the evolution in his play, moving into the slot, taking blocks, really changed last year. I don't know if you... I like him. no, I I did, yeah, and I like Robert Woods. I'm so actually, I think I, I feel bad calling. Well, it's not that a ma'am is a bad. No, thing. no, no, because Robert Woods isn't a ma'am because a ma'am is thirsty. A ma'am wants the attention. A ma'am is like just a little bit safer. Robert Woods is like I'm just a man. Oh, and like I can do all the things, and I don't need your double taps, and I don't need your stupid jokes. Like I've got a life, and I'm gonna move on and a job, and peace. Boom. Marvin Jones, ma'am. ma'am. Ma'am, yeah. I inter- He was one of my first ever interviews at a Superman event, the Nickelodeon 
first at best yeah like what is that the best kid the nickelodeon best sports show or whatever that they did for two years michael strahan uh was the host and i interviewed these players on the orange carpet liz you went from the orange carpet at nickelodeon to now we're at e3 that's right hell of a rise it's been an ascent um i think jarvis landry is kind of a ma'am draft pick he's not a ma'am I mean, if he's FaceTiming with his best friend every night, that's a little bit mammy. Dude, I could not imagine anyone that I'd want to FaceTime with every day. Dude, I don't even want to see anybody, everybody, any day. No. You said any day. (laughs) (laughs) I think you meant to say every day, but you said any Any day. day. Yeah. There are Um, days that I just want the world to go away and me to like wake up alone. (laughs) I think I think I think there yeah no I have I have those I have these moments in life I've started to think this recently it's like and some some, some, Ravi's not listening to this so I'll say it sometimes yesterday at E3 I had this thought um early on in the day man if a meteor just hit me right now I think I'd be okay with it to wipe it out you know what I mean yeah I, I get, get it. That. I get it. There are just days that I just, uh, yeah. But t- there's no human being on the planet. Also, if you're feeling this way, go call somebody. <laughs> like, I don't want to get in trouble here. No, look, it's a, it's a fleet. That's why it's so dramatic to say like a meteor is going to come and like clobber. Well, me. I didn't say a meteor. I said I wanted to wake up alone some mornings. That's problematic. Perhaps. Well, look, everybody likes to be. I like to be alone every now and yeah. then. I think, too, when you're, like, with people all the time. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're part of a football team and, like, you're around people all the time and, like, you still want to FaceTime somebody, that's an interesting emotion that I don't have a grasp on. Like, again, there's just nobody I like that much out there that I would want to FaceTime with. I'm not – I don't really like to talk on the phone either. So. Yeah. One thing to note. I can't believe DK Metcalf is getting drafted in the eighth round on this kind of a man. Hmm. Let me think on that one for a while. I mean, he's not a he's not a ma'am fantasy fantasy, fantasy pick. pick because he's risky and he obviously plays big, but the fact that he's not very evolved yet yeah. makes him kind of mammy. You know who's definitely a ma'am and a ma'am draft pick? Larry Fitzgerald. Oh. Super ma'am. The but all- a ma'am with a peach. Got a nice ass, really? <sighs> Yeah. I've I'll have to go check it out. Wow. I'll have to Google Larry Fitzgerald ass. Peach. Boom. Peach. Sorry. So some of those takes may not have been the best. But I don't think any of them were bad. What are you talking about? They weren't those they, are great we, takes. We were we're working through you know what? Nobody else listen to another podcast, folks, that's talking about fantasy mams doesn't exist. That is original to Yahoo fantasy football content. That is a Liz and Matt conceived segment. If you liked it, please go ahead and give us a five star rating. <laughs> and tweet at us and let us know if you liked the fantasy mam segment. You know, I told uh, my guy Tyler yesterday, the Mortal Kombat community manager that we met at E3, mm-hmm. I told him I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. He did not. I said, you got to start listening to Liz and I's podcast, Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, and he's like, okay, cool. I've been looking for another one to add to the, the ledger. I hope this is the first episode he listens to. Well, I mean, come on. He's number one. And he got a shout he's out. He's getting a shout out. Tyler Lansdow, uh, Lansdown, uh, you know, great, awesome host yesterday at Mortal Kombat. But also, like, damn, what a podcast to turn on. And we're talking fantasy mams. Subscribe. Subscribe, baby. Smash that button. Love it. Um, 
But we do, there are bad takes in fantasy. And, and sometimes we are guilty of knowing we have bad takes. And this is another kind of off-kilter conceived segment because this the idea for this segment, and I think we, we might need to do this more because I find this to be fascinating to access into people's brains. So I was, I was telling Liz that one of my favorite, like, first date icebreaker questions is to ask somebody, like, just what's your worst take that you know in your heart is a bad take? Like, you know it's wrong. You know it's bad. But you wholeheartedly believe it, unapologetically, even if you know it is bad. And you will learn a lot about somebody based on how they respond to that. For example... One of the best ones I've ever gotten is uh, Clay Aiken is like actually great. It's actually a really good artist. Did you go on a second date with her? Yeah. Three dates. Yeah. Double condoms. No more comments, thanks. All right. Wow. So, note to the ladies listening: if you have a bad take, you are Harmon's type. Look, it, but it's not like I don't know that I don't know what somebody would answer to this question to like get them not a, a second date. Like, I mean, I don't. I, there are things that yeah. you could probably imagine. Like some, some fiery, like, I don't know, social takes or something. It would be very bad. But, um, yeah. It's supposed to be kind of fun and, and Icebreaker. playful. Got yeah. it. Like, mine for a while was, which I just don't know if I buy into this anymore, is that peanut butter is, like, actually really bad. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your bad take that you uh, I mean, I don't really have bad takes. That's an answer that it would probably not get a second date. Because <laughs> I want somebody to be self-aware enough of their shit takes. Wow. Thanks. Um, no problem. I I did tweet yesterday that the Rolling Stones are trash. See? That's one. That would count. Maybe it's not that I have, so, I have no bad takes. It's just that like one in every ten of my takes is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's another way to look at it. But anyway, so we conceived the idea um, we should do like fantasy bad wait, wait. takes. You think that the Rolling Stones aren't trash? Like, they no, are wildly good. overrated. No, they're good. And they're no Sugarland. Another one that you, I, like, I know this upsets people in California. I think in and out is, like, trash. the most overrated fast food place gross. of all time. Super gross. So overrated. Whataburger is so much better. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's better. But people in California will literally fight you about this. Also, Arby's curly fries, maybe the best curly fries in existence. One of the greatest tweets of all time came from Adam Harstad, football guy's writer. He said, hey, do you like Wendy's? Do you, but do you want to wait an hour and a half for it? I've got the place for you, In-N-Out Burger. Mm. Got Which it. is the truth. Yeah. It's no better than Wendy's, and I stand by that take. Uh, I don't eat any fast food anymore, but this is all just, you know, let's just throw that out there. So Matt decided we should do some fantasy bad takes. Fantasy bad takes that you believe in wholeheartedly, but you know it's a bad take. And you know it's probably going to be wrong. Right. So, Liz, <laughs> should I start first? Sure. So, mine, I kind of believe this is true, but I know it's going to probably be wrong, and it's a probably a bad take. I don't think think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a top three fantasy receiver this year. And is that because you don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to stay healthy? God forbid somebody knock on something because the two rookie tackles aren't going to be immediate impact players. Do you think it's because their receivers aren't 
you know, Will Fuller and Kiki Cutie, for when they're great, they're great. But when they're not on the field, they're not on the field. And there's only so much one man can do to keep dragging this team into production. Like, what is the what is the um, seed of of um, discontent, discontent here? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that. Oh, we're thinking the same word. Yeah, I think that with DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, last year, you know, he has he has 13 touchdowns. Yeah, or no, excuse me, 11 touchdowns, uh, 70% catch rate. Um, some of those numbers can fluctuate year to year, but the biggest one to me is, and you listed a lot of interesting things there, I don't think uh, Deshaun Watson is an issue at all. I think, in fact, he's like kind of underrated at this point. Absolutely. As, a, as an NFL quarterback, I think what he did coming off a torn ACL was really Remarkable. didn't get enough credit. Um, then you look at, the tackle situation could be problematic, right? But the biggest one to me is I actually really like Will Fuller and Kiki Cutie, and people are really, really high on Kiki Cutie. I've started to hear mm-hmm. a lot of buzz about him lately. And if those two guys are going to pay back their draft price plus, mm-hmm. it's tough for me to imagine DeAndre Hopkins, you know, getting 160 the targets. targets. There's a volume and, issue. And again, we're talking, he's going off the board as the clear one. But I could see Devontae Adams being the clear one. I could see Julio Jones being the clear one. I could see Odell Beckham. I think there's a scenario where Juju Smith-Schuster could even be the wide receiver one this year. There's a lot of room for him to fall outside of the top three. And so, again, it's a bad take. Probably won't happen. But I wholeheartedly believe it. All right. Would you like me to go now? I would. Okay. I think it's an interesting take. And I thank you for being a voice that is different within the cacophony of copycats. Sheep. Sure. Um, mine is that I think Dante Moncrief is going to score more touchdowns than Juju Smith-Schuster. I know. Everybody hates Dante. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> has scored seven touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. This is not a... This is not a full stat line production. What are you doing right I'm, now? I, I saw a Dante Moncrief tweet earlier that I want to I want to pull um, up to in support of your argument. And Dante Moncrief, in his not last season with the Colts, but his last season with Andrew Luck under center, also scored seven touchdowns. That is the only thing that Dante Moncrief can do. I'm wiping away. You talk about clean slate. I'm wiping away his year in Jacksonville because it meant not that Blake Bortles was trash. That whole team fell apart. We've talked about that. So I feel like in Pittsburgh, who's going to step up? Like Juju Smith-Schuster, by the way, his job is not have ever have been to be the number one. So yep. I yep. don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he is going to uh, we can copy and paste AB's numbers even closely and assume that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to assume that role. I also feel like this team is going to run more. We, I have been for weeks now saying that I don't think James Conner is going to be a complete workhorse. In fact, in OTAs, the Steelers are working in a three-way hydra of running backs because they've got Clinton Portis' guy, Benny Snell. They've got Jalen Samuels catching passes. They've got James Conner, who has had durability issues, and they want to keep him fresh because look at the depth now. There isn't as much depth. This team's going to need to run more. So if those three guys, and you would say mostly Benny Snell and probably James Conner are the goal line looks there, right? So maybe they're sharing. Is it going to be James Washington? 
well, I don't know. Last year's tape didn't bear out so well. Is it going to be... Um, Deontay Johnson, the rookie? No. Um, the one that Ben loves so much. Eli Rogers? Yep. Ryan is Switzer? It, is it going to be... First of all, no, is the answer. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Ryan Switzer at UNC. Um, is it going to be Eli Rogers? I don't really think that's his profile. Who has the best red zone profile other than one of the running backs among the receivers? It's Dante flipping Moncrief. And Vance McDonald... Easy. The dude was used as a slot receiver in college. Let's let's take it down a notch. He is not your like Heath Miller. This is the throwback. year. This is the year for Vance McDonald. Is every year. Sure. This and is the year in PPR formats. I'm sure he's he's going to catch a lot of balls. I'm talking just touchdowns. I don't think that Dante Moncrief's going to see like some incredible target volume, but I do think he could score eight touchdowns. D- uh, ben Roethlisberger named Dante Moncrief when asked. Uh, who like stood out to him? Who was his favorite at the at Steelers minicamp? Now he went on to say it was because, you know, he didn't know him. I kind of know what to expect from the other guys, but he was saying, I didn't know him, and obviously now just getting to see his work ethic, the type of person he is, his desire to be great, and his knowledge of the offense already. And we know Ben definitely, like Aaron Rodgers, is like a favorites picker, He's got his guys. and he will dial into players for sure. So and when Ben when the play breaks down, and Ben Roethlisberger, who's known as being one of the best improvisers under center and leaves center and just sort of does his own damn thing extending a play and sandlots that ball deep, who's going to catch it? What's the only thing this fool can do? High point a ball in the end zone. I will say when we pitched, when I pitched this segment to Liz and then we just like, all right, let's do this. I was like, yours should probably be about Dante Moncrief, right? So you know me? I know you, yes, is what I'm saying. All right. So I actually kind of want to hear if other people have, if you guys out there have bad takes, like you're just your fantasy bad take that's unbelievable. Like, for example, yes. the 13th round. Dante Moncrief is going in the 13th round of 12-team drafts. Let us know what your fantasy bad take is that you believe, but you know it's a bad take. And you can do that on the voicemail. Oh, yes. Send us your bad bad fantasy takes on the voicemail hotline. And you know what? If you're sending us your bad fantasy take, go ahead and add your bad real-life take. And we will take a stab at both of them. You can do that. Um, our number is 888. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> our number is 888-85-YAHOO. That's 888-859-2466. Leave your message like it's the 90s. We've got one now. Producer Lindsay, you want to drop it? Hey, guys. I have a question regarding uh, Carolina's backfield. I'm coming off a uh, championship season in my 10-man TPR league and with a huge help from Christian McCaffrey. The guy was an absolute beast. I'm considering using my first-round keeper in the 10 slot. Obviously, this is a good value, but I want to know if you guys see a repeat performance in 2019 given Carolina's offseason moves. Thanks. He's right. It's obviously great value. Um, I think one the one question you can ask about Christian McCaffrey, and I don't know that I believe this to be the case, but you know we've been talking a lot recently about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and these guys that are going to break out in the wide receiver core. Greg Olson is coming back. Um, he, uh, he may or may not stay back. Ian Thomas Mr. is someone to Mr. be Reliable. kind of to be excited about. Um, they still have other intriguing options in the wide receiver core. I'm not saying good, but intriguing. When Chris Hogan, Jarius Wright, Torrey Smith is still kicking around. Rashad Ross is in there from the AAF. Uh, Aldrick Robinson. These are all guys around there. So, is there is there a chance that Christian McCaffrey's not a hundred catch player this year? Yeah, perhaps. 
Um, but the thing I do see continuing, and they can tell us all they want that they want to limit his workload, but I don't see any of those guys, even though there's some intriguing young running backs, I don't see any of those guys threatening Christian McCaffrey's snap share. And I mean, he was a guy last year that played one, two, three, four, five straight games with a hundred a hundred snaps in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Continually pushed over 90% of the snaps. He only he only did not play over 90% of the snaps in two games last year, one of which was that final week 17 game where they were starting Kyle Allen as their as their number 1 quarterback when the Panthers were taking the Saints were taking their foot off the gas. So I see Christian McCaffrey being a clear workhorse once again this year. I would no question fork over that 10th overall selection for him. Um, I think the the value is the piece that makes me like it. I don't I don't think that Christian McCaffrey actually wrote that he has like a ten to fifteen percent chance of doing again this year what he did last year. Partially because, well, I don't see Carolina passing the ball a bunch more. As Matt was pointing out, they do have these ascending receiving talents, so maybe the targets are dispersed a little bit more than they were last year. Also, Matt makes a good point though about. The other two running backs, they don't, they're not pass-catching backs. So that stays a clear role for Christian McCaffrey. His receiving value, I think, is going to stay steady. To me, it's the rushes. You also note that he had, what, the, um, the fourth most red zone rushes last mm. year. Well, wasn't that also partially because Cam Newton's shoulder was trash and they were wanting to protect him from the goal line? So I don't think overall production McCaffrey is going to do what he did last year but I do think from a pass catching point of view sure I just I just don't see him getting the TDs wouldn't you think though that they they have to keep doing that with Cam Newton you know in terms do you think of Cam per- Newton's gonna allow that do you think Cam yes. Newton's no. I think if he wants to keep playing he can't keep- we just saw Kevin Durant put himself on the floor and tear his Achilles because these are athletes they don't know how when to stop like that's yeah. not their that's not their job. And I, fact, I just mean in terms of designed runs. Like, they can't slam him. In, like, sure, Cam can get out of the pocket and scramble. Like, that always will be and must remain a part of his game. But I'm talking, like, those designed, awful bunch formations where they get three tight ends on the field and a fullback and they just slam Cam into the line. I think they can't call those anymore. I also think those have become predictable. I mean, like. I don't know, when you look at the competitiveness of that, this is all great to say in theory, but when you look at that competitiveness of that division and you know you have, you got to beat the Falcons and or the Saints to make the postseason, maybe you're doing stuff that you didn't really want to do, but you're holding your breath. Very fair. So I think ultimately, like, like, yes, the 10th pick is great value, but if this were like the fourth pick or the sixth pick, I'm passing. Hmm. I'd do it for the, depending on who else is getting keep. Get, getting, keeped, getting kept getting kept in your league <laughs> i think i'd do it for you know a top five pick no question mm. so that's where we differ but for your purposes yes go ahead and do that up so let us know your bad takes on the voicemail line 888-859-2466 matt and Lindsay, they have a pod together well yeah we do rookie yeah. orientation our most recent episode is about Josh Jacobs, Oakland Raiders running back. Uh, so go check that out because if you if you I have to say I know I a couple months ago was feeling negative about Josh Jacobs, starting to kind of come around on it, and that was a fun podcast. I think Lindsay, it was some of your best uh, 
editing work with the music, especially early on. And next we'll have a Josh Allen. Rookie orientation, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or, you know, I hate you. And if you haven't subscribed to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast, please make that happen. You can tweet us at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. This is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And uh, that's it for today.